Welcome to episode 277 of Live Happy Now. This is Paula Phelps thanking you for joining us again this week. All of us feel guilty from time to time, but if you're having trouble letting go of guilt, well, you're not alone. Guilt is a difficult emotion, but today's guest is here to talk about why it's so tough to manage and how we can do that better. Valerie Burton is founder of the Coaching and Positive Psychology Institute and has written a dozen books on personal development. Her latest book, Let Go of the Guilt, uses a unique combination of research, faith, and personal experiences to give us new tools for getting rid of that pesky little thing called guilt. Valerie, welcome to Live Happy Now. Thank you, Paula. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, actually, I should say welcome back to Live Happy Now because we have had you on the show before, but it's been a long time, (laughs) and now you're talking about a different topic, and it's one that I think everybody listening is going to relate to. So I have to know, first of all, what made you decide to start studying and writing about guilt? My own guilt. (laughs) (laughs) Life is a great teacher. (laughs) Yeah, I thought it was just me. And the first time I realized it wasn't just me, I was speaking to a group of women leaders. I was the keynote. It was like 3,000 women. And they asked me to do a breakout session for working parents. And I was like, that's, you know, I'm not an expert (laughs) at, at working parenthood, but okay, I am a working parent. And I mentioned guilt, like near the beginning. And there was this collective moan, like, oh, yeah, tell us about it. And women just started raising their hands, telling me what they felt guilty about. And from there, I just began just asking around. And then I was like, is it possible women are more prone to feeling guilt because that's how it felt. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, I talked to my husband and he's like, what are you, why are you feeling guilty? <laughs> What's guilt? guilt? What is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so that's how, that's how I came to write a book about it is I just, I realized that I think it's a, a topic that many of us feel, but we don't, we don't necessarily talk much about. And I wanted to let go of it for myself and I wanted to be able to help others do that as well. When you you brought up a really good point that women are affected or seem to be affected by it way more than men. So do you know, is that really true? And if so, why? Well, that was a really interesting piece to me. I really wanted to know, was it just my anecdotal, you know, (laughs) I'm, I'm sensing that that's true. And as it turns out, it appears that we are wired a bit differently. I mean, we know that. But there's some ways that we are wired that create what I call a guilt gender gap. So one, we tend to be more other focused and guilt is an other focused emotion. It's typically, you know, I I feel like I may have harmed someone. That's not always it. Sometimes it's just I did something wrong, but often it is I did something wrong and that may have hurt someone else. We have more a more complex range of emotions. So we feel emotions more strongly, whether it's really positive emotions or negative emotions. And we also tend to be more empathetic. So if you think about that, we're always thinking about others' feelings, concerned about others' feelings. We are more prone to perfectionism, which is largely about expectations. So if you feel like you're falling short of expectations, often you're going to feel guilty and beat yourself up. So there are all of those factors. In addition to the cultural factors, when we consider that there are more expectations on women 
than in decades past. So there's all this opportunity for second guessing. Am I doing it wrong? And then men, one study said men are guilt deficient until they get into their 50s. That was very interesting. But it was that was tied to empathy, that men tend to develop more empathy later in life. And so all of those different factors come into play. Women's explanatory style even tends to be more self-blaming, where we will blame bad events or failures on personal traits rather than external factors. So there are a lot of different things that come into play that may explain why women feel the burden of guilt, or at least express that they're feeling it a whole lot more than men. Okay. Yeah, because sometimes I think I just have this generalized, you know, some people have generalized anxiety disorder. I have like generalized guilt disorder. It's like, I feel guilty. I'm not really sure why, (laughs) what it's about. I just, I probably am guilty of something right now. And (laughs) so it's a very odd, you know, I was excited to talk about this topic, but you wonder, does it, where does that come from? Like, how is it that we start taking on this guilt and then carrying it around with us? Well, I think a lot of it is not pushing back on our own thoughts. So guilt is an emotion, and emotions largely come from what we're saying to ourselves about the things that we are going through or dealing with. That's where the whole beating yourself up, if you're wagging your finger at yourself, you should have done better, should being an operative word (laughs) that often indicates guilt is on the other side of that should, we often are feeding into these expectations without even asking ourselves, what is the expectation? And is it mine or is it someone else's? Have I actually done something wrong? So I distinguish and let go of the guilt between authentic guilt when you've actually done something wrong and false guilt when you simply feel that you've done something wrong. And that's what we really have to push back against. Just because you feel guilty doesn't mean you are guilty. This is where a lot of it comes from. It's, it's what we're saying to ourselves about our situations. And how do you identify that? Because it, it's an emotion, so it's not analytical. When you're feeling guilt, how do you determine if that is actual guilt or if that is false guilt? You pause. Number one, you label it. So we know from research that labeling your emotions helps to create an interruption. (laughs) So when you start feeling that guilt rise up, just pause and say, that's guilt. What that does is it causes you to kind of step back for a moment because the, the biggest danger here isn't that the feeling of guilt feels so bad. I mean, we want to get rid of the feeling, but what can be worse is what actions or decisions we take as a result of feeling the guilt. So labeling it first and then stopping noticing that something has triggered guilt and asking, have I done something wrong? Or am I just feeling like I've done something wrong? So you're actually stopping and having that conversation with yourself in order to determine whether this is really guilt, you know, authentic guilt, or whether it's false guilt. So in each of those cases, let's look at the outcomes on each of those. First with false guilt, because it seems that might be easier to deal with. If you identify it as false guilt, then what do you do to alleviate that? So I I take people through a process as I really believe we can self-coach, right? And I call it peel. So when you are pinpointing the guilt trigger, like what's caused me the guilt here? You're examining your thoughts. That's when you're saying, is it true that I've actually done something wrong or am I just feeling it? If you 
if you really determine, hey, this is just something I'm feeling, then it's about exchanging whatever that lie is you've been telling yourself for the truth. What is true here? And so you are literally examining what you're saying because so often I think we will have very vague statements about what we think we're doing wrong. Let me give you an example. So there are five different types of expectations. One of the ones that sets us up for guilt the most is the vague expectation. So when I surveyed about 500 women when I wrote the book, asking them what they feel most guilty about. <laughs> and I thought mom guilt was going to be at the top. It wasn't. It was, it was up there, but it wasn't <laughs> at the very top. At the top, it was a tie. There was a tie at the top for eating and exercising habits. Oh, wow. So, really? Yeah, yeah. We feel bad about what we're eating and we feel bad about not getting enough exercise. Here's the thing. If you have a vague expectation around that and all you're saying to yourself is, I should exercise more. <laughs> that is so vague that you could work out six days this week for an hour and you could still say, I should exercise more. So getting very specific and making sure that your expectations are measurable so that you can check it off. Like I've done enough. And this happens a lot. I should spend more time with my kids. I should call my mother more. I should have worked harder. I should eat better. But when have you actually achieved that? Because it's not specific enough for you to be able to say, yep, I've done that. So, so often when we are exchanging whatever that lie, that untruth that we're telling ourselves for the truth, what we need to do is get very specific. This is kind of a quiet process and it doesn't have to take that long. And if you really struggle with it, you're convincing yourself something's wrong that you sense maybe it's not, or there's something going on. Talk to somebody who has a perspective that would be helpful for you because sometimes we just need to hear it from someone else. Sometimes we just need another perspective. That makes so much sense. And I wonder in cases where, this is an extreme situation. You know, maybe you had words with a spouse and they were in an accident. That was the last thing they ever heard from you. We've had incidents with parents. So when you have pretty raw cases of guilt like that, which is obviously different than false guilt, how do you start dealing with that kind of guilt? Well, number one, being honest about that guilt is important because you still want to be able to free yourself from it. So admitting what you did wrong is step number one. If we deny <laughs> that we've done wrong, then we can't even move forward. So being able to admit what you have done wrong, but what I have found is that oftentimes we end up mixing the authentic guilt and the false guilt. So yes, you did this wrong, but maybe this over here is something you keep giving yourself a hard time for that isn't actually something that you did wrong. So sometimes you have to parse those things out. So admitting it, assessing what the damage is, right? Like, okay, that was wrong. What harm did I do? So that you can then begin getting clear about what you could do about it. Apologizing, finding the way to atone for it and make amends, and also accepting forgiveness and sometimes you don't get, you know, you may not get direct forgiveness from the person you harmed, but you can forgive yourself. And I think this is a really big piece because guilt says you owe and it's a debt, right? So one of the reasons we beat ourselves up is because we're trying to punish ourselves. 
I feel like I did something wrong and therefore I need punishment. And that's what the beating yourself up really is all about. So being honest is very freeing when you know you've done something wrong. And sometimes those are hard conversations to have, but they are so, so very worth it. And, and very importantly, adjusting your behavior. You know, it's not enough to apologize and try to make amends if you go back and do the same thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, that kind so, of defeats it. That's really a process. I call it the six A's. Admit it, assess it, apologize, atone for it, adjust your behavior, and accept forgiveness. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, because a lot of times that accepting forgiveness part is, becomes the most difficult component of that whole process. Oh, yeah. We often have a hard, hard time forgiving ourselves. We just keep rehashing what we could have done, what we should have done. And at some point, we have to be willing to accept our own imperfections as human beings and our own mistakes and past choices and literally just accepting this. This is what it is. I wish it were different, but it's not. And I'm willing to start from here and do better. So what happens like if we hang on to guilt, what does that do in terms of preventing us from living a joyous life? Well, the biggest thing it does is it can get in the driver's seat of our lives and start making all our choices and decisions for us. And that can show up in big ways and little ways. So I I tell a funny story in the book about how my, my son wanted to one morning at the very last minute, like we were a little bit ahead of schedule, but you know, he had been eating cereal in the car. That's just how we were doing it. It's what he preferred. I'm a big breakfast eater. My son is not, but I want him to eat before school. And at the last minute, he asked, can he sit at the table? Paula, there was a whole flashback movie that played in my head because as a mom, I'm thinking about what my mom did. I'm thinking about how my mom made grits, eggs, bacon, toast, and orange juice every single morning, and I sat down and we ate together. (laughs) So here, I'm not doing that with my son, right? And and all he asked, now that it's a little late, is can I sit at the table? And this guilt just came over me. And things like this happen so quickly that we don't even, we don't perceive it. We just react immediately. So I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, you don't have enough time and you usually eat pretty slowly. <laughs> but you know what I said when I answered that? Sure, sweetheart, you can eat at the table. And then, of course, he proceeds to eat slowly. By the time we get out of the house, we're running late. He catches a school bus that takes him to a school across town. And I, I barely made the bus. In fact, when I turned the corner to get into the parking lot where the bus was, I hit the curb, busted my tires. Oh, no. And we got to the bus at about 10 miles an hour. It was, I mean, if somebody had had a video camera, they'd be like, is that life coach Valerie Burton that talks about you know, how you should do things ahead of time? Um, <laughs> it seems to be working out so for her. Right. It's working out really well. And I, I get into the bus. Thank goodness. The bus driver saw us. Like they were taking off and the, the bus stopped. I get Alex out, get him on the bus. I park and I'm sitting there like, what happened? The, the morning was going so great. And I realized it was guilt. It was me thinking, what kind of mom are you? You know, he already has to get up so early in the morning. All he wanted was to sit at the table and eat breakfast. And so a lot of times that's what's happening. We have this voice that is setting these expectations and we are feeling guilty. 
But, you know, this happens in bigger ways. As I, I mean, I interviewed a lot of women and shared some of my own story. But, you know, one story was a, a woman who literally said yes to a marriage proposal out of guilt because she had broken up with her fiance previously and she didn't want to break his heart, even though in her heart of hearts, she didn't think it was the right thing to do. So it shows up in those little things, but it shows up in the really big things too. And that's why we want to get a handle on our guilt because we will end up not only beating ourselves up, but then making decisions and choices out of that guilt. Does just becoming aware of the fact that we're doing this to ourselves, does that change our relationship with guilt? Well, awareness is really huge because we have to be aware of something before we can even change it. So I invite people to just make a guilt list. Where in your life are you constantly feeling like you're not doing enough? You don't measure up. Where are you always overcompensating? Where are you finding yourself on guilt trips? Who are the guilt trippers in your life? You know, sometimes it's not just our guilt, but people see that vulnerability in us and can use it to get what they want by laying on the guilt. So creating a guilt list is a way to become even more aware and then to say, okay, let me tackle each of these. What exactly am I feeling guilty about? Okay, did I do something wrong? If I did, those six A's I just mentioned, let me address that. Let me get honest. Let me have the courage to do that. But if it's false guilt, let me change the narrative because I don't want to keep making decisions out of guilt. Sometimes we have outdated expectations that need to be changed. Again, guilt is always connected with the expectations. So sometimes you need to ask, in this season, is this expectation what I need it to be? Or is it time for the expectation to be revised and updated? And do I really have anything to feel guilty about? If you don't, you let it go. So there are a lot of different ways it shows up, but each of us has a different guilt list. Yeah. And I know one thing that I see in women, you know, you talk, speak very well to the point of us feeling guilty as parents and what we're giving or not giving to our children. But then there's the other dynamic of adult women who their parents, their mother can make them feel so guilty for not visiting enough, not calling enough, not doing the right things, being too busy for them. So how does that dynamic, how does someone put that in its place? Because that's a difficult one too when you're dealing with a parent who's now aging. This was an issue that came up more than any other. Interesting. With moms and daughters and guilt. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, we're so good at it. <laughs> so moms and daughters and guilt. So number one, and depending on how it's showing up, you've got to get clear about your values and what's important to you. And you can be respectful about that, but what was important to your mother may not be important to you. Also, sometimes we're making assumptions. Like that refrain in my mind about my mom cooking the big breakfast every morning and me not doing it. I don't, it's not that I don't do it because I don't want to. I don't do it because none of our three kids wants the big breakfast. <laughs> but still, it's an expectation. So I had guilt about things. When I went and talked to my mom, she had no expectations about how specifically I was supposed to do certain things. So sometimes we can feel like we're being judged when people aren't judging us. And then other times, yeah, it's definitely a judgment. And so being able to have conversation is important. When you say, and you fill in the blank, 
it causes me to feel X. Will you stop saying that? Or sometimes they're doing something. Being able to ask for what you need is really important. One of the things I talk about when people feel like they're on guilt trips is being able to say, you know, you're really important to me. You know, Paula, a person can't guilt trip you effectively if they're not important to you, right? Stranger oh, can't walk up and guilt trip you because you don't, yeah, you don't care what they think. The, the only people who succeed at guilt trips are people whose opinions you really care about. You love them. And a lot of times you're just trying to keep the relationship. So being able to say, I don't want to feel like I'm doing things out of resentment. I really care about our relationship, but this is causing an issue. Here's what I need. And sometimes you end up having to say those things more than one time because it takes time, especially when people have been doing this and it's been a pattern for a long time, to reset that pattern. But also, you have to be willing to change certain dynamics in the relationship if necessary. So I'm not going to be able to do X if this continues. That's, I'm not saying that's easy, but it is necessary. We have to be able to set strong boundaries. And this is oftentimes where the guilt trip works most. And so being honest and asking for what you want is powerful. You know, as we look at the topic of guilt, it's like, why do we even have guilt? Is there any upside to guilt? Yes, and that's what I love. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> when I, when I, oh, yes. Yeah. So first of all, I mean, having guilt means you do have a conscience, right? This is really <laughs> <have> good. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do the right thing, you know, but you've got to identify what the right thing is, right? So we know with the, with the five big personality traits, one of them is conscientiousness, and it is one of the most common traits of successful people. They are conscientious. They want to do things well. They want to execute right. And so oftentimes people who are successful, people who are considered more reliable, who are getting responsibility with an organization are often people who struggle a lot with guilt. So the upside to guilt is one, it indicates that you have a barometer, a conscience of wanting to do the right thing. It also may indicate some degree of conscientiousness of just wanting to, to do your duty, wanting to do things well. And I think we also just have to recognize that in relationships, people who feel guilty <laughs> tend to make better partners, right? Because the guilt pops up when they're about to not do the right thing. They're like, oh, I can't do that. That wouldn't be right. That's, that's so, a great point. You know, if you're feeling a lot of... Yeah, if you're feeling a lot of guilt, I just want to point out <laughs> that you're probably a good person to be friends with, good person to be in relationship with. What we want is that even though it's a strength that you have that sense of conscience, that you don't overuse that strength to the point where you are feeling guilty about things there's no need to feel guilty about. And so being able to just see that, have some self-compassion, to say, this has been hard. Yeah, I've for a long time felt like I didn't measure up or I was never doing enough. And I got to tell you, I mean, as a recovering overachiever, I've had to learn to tell myself when I've done enough and pat myself on the back and stop feeling like I still have more to do. For me, that was transformative in letting go of guilt and just 
reclaiming my joy because I, that's really what happens when, when we're constantly feeling guilty, even when things are great, we have no joy. That happiness is, you know, I, I talk in the book about how happiness feels like a risk and guilt feels safe. Recognizing the power of guilt to zap your happiness, I think is really, really important. Powerful stuff. So before I let you go, <laughs> when I come back, we're going to tell people how they can get your book and where they can find out more about you. But as we don't want to just leave them hanging. So two things that they can take away from this that they can do today to start resolving those feelings of guilt. So if, if this is something where you're like, oh, I have so much guilt. One, I want you to write your guilt list. Like what areas of your life, what scenarios do you want to free yourself from in terms of feeling guilt. Maybe it's a relationship where you always feel guilty. Maybe it's an area of work or your business. You know what it is. Maybe it's the, the eating, right? I want you to identify where you need to let go of guilt. And I want you to start noticing when you feel the guilt and literally label it. Like I said, that's guilt. And then push back on it. What am I saying to myself about what I've done wrong? Is it wrong? If it is, I'm going to deal with that. Is it not wrong? If that's the case, just start listing the reasons it's not wrong. And what is your expectation in that area? Reset your expectations so that you're able to meet them. And that helps to free you from those feelings of guilt. That was Valerie Burton, author of Let Go of the Guilt. If you'd like to learn more about Valerie, her book, or how to follow her, just visit us at livehappynow.com and follow the links. That is all we have time for today. We'll meet you back here again next week for an all new episode. And until then, this is Paula Phelps reminding you to make every day a happy one.